Welcome back, listeners. On this episode, I spoke to production designer Maya Siegel about her work on Hello Tomorrow. How were you approached for this project? So I first heard about the project from Jonathan Entwistle, um, who directed the first four episodes and was an EP on the project. Um, We had worked together before on a show for Netflix called I'm Not Okay With This. Mm-hmm. And so he just told me the premise of the show and that he was really excited about it. Um, and then eventually I read the script, the first, the pilot episode. Um, and I was just so excited. The writing was incredible. Um, Amit and Lucas are, are really great writers. And, you know, just in the first page of the script there was so much to be excited about design wise so um yeah it was really really a fun show from the beginning to think about conceptually Mm. for me yeah I mean it's a I feel like it's a a designer's sort of dream job to just be able to combine so many different um eras and um, different technology. And I, I just, I can only imagine that that was an exciting challenge for you. For sure. Mm-hmm. And so where did some of the, the inspiration come from in regards to the team? And I mean, where did you start your research for this? So it really, you know, at the beginning of any project, it's it's for me, it's, I kind of cast a really wide net uh, research wise and I'm open to looking at all kinds of uh, things and different types of media and art. Um, and a lot of old movies actually for this one too, you know, I went back and watched and watched movies that I thought of that might be relevant uh, to, to the project. Um, we even looked at old cartoons. There were these Tex Avery cartoons that um, the creators really loved referencing at the beginning because they were sort of these futuristic cartoons uh, that had all these gadgets and ideas about these really kind of creative out there ideas about the future um, mm-hmm. from that mid-century era. Um, you know, we looked at old World's Fair photos and brochures and a lot of these companies, a lot of car companies and appliance companies at the time had these um, conceptual products that that were sort of futuristic, like this is the world of tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some, there are videos and photos of those. Those were really great to look at too. Um, and then, of course, tons of architecture books and photography um, and, you know, even postcards. I looked at a lot of old postcards of motels and roadside architecture from the time. Um, a lot of the, you know, the kind of like mid-century roadside architecture was great to look at, the Googie movement. Um, the diners, especially on the West Coast, um, you know, old decorating books, and people just started bringing in, you know, I had done a lot of research, and then once we started in the office and my team came in, everyone was so excited that people would 
would just bring in stuff and we had a great library. It was like, here's this paint swatch book that I have sitting around in my garage from you know the 50s and uh, all these great things. So um, we really had a good library. And another thing that I really, there was a book that I had um, of Art Deco industrial design and product design that was really inspirational for a lot of the gadgets, um, mm. especially the 1930s era where there was this focus on sort of streamlined modern movement. And um, a lot of the designs were looked sort of aerodynamic and they were thinking a lot about train travel and plane travel. Um, and so that was great kind of incorporating that into the design and like everything feel like a lot of our gadgets feel like they they do either fly or hover or they look like they could. Mm. Um, so yeah, I love that. But, yeah. And so speaking of sort of the the diner s situation, I mean the show opens up on a diner. And I mean I'd love for you, if you can, to sort of break down what that entailed in terms of like the process or the production from beginning to end and how it sort of came to fruition. For sure, with with that, with the diner or, or kind of the, all the locations or? I, I'll, yeah. let, I'll leave and, it up for you to okay. interpret it, yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Well, um, so it does open in that, in that traditional diner. Um, but I wanted to have something in it that felt a little bit different and futuristic. And I knew that we were gonna have the bot, our main bot as the bartender behind the bar. Um, and then we created and built this whole um, plexiglass display with the bottles and the different you know, tags. So there's this sort of, um, feeling like it's it's a little bit you know futuristic and and the lighting is as well um you know in general with the show conceptually you know my big kind of design concept really was looking at the juxtaposition of um these two worlds of of the the kind of the, the present, I'm saying present is in like 1950s wow. um, and then and then the future. And so uh, the world of Vistaville and the present, um, the color palette is all earth tones, sort of a fall autumnal color palette. Um, and a lot of the materials that I used in the sets were, you know, like river rock and, um, warm wood and, uh, you know, grass cloth wallpaper. Um, and then the world of the future and of the moon and the bright side lunar residences uh, is all sort of, the future is a little bit, it's cooler. It's a little bit sexier, um, you know, so blue is kind of the color of the future. And then there's a lot of, you know, the materials are a little bit shinier and 
the surfaces are, you know, they're steel and aluminum and different kinds of metals. Um, and, you know, as far as also within the, the lines of the world, like the, the present, the, the 50s is sort of this, um, you know, straight lines, the houses are all these traditional, like the Vistaville streets, these traditional boxy houses. Um, and then the world of our lunar residences, as you see in, in the model of them, is, you know, there's, they're all curved, it's, it's circular uh, surfaces. And, and so um, the Vista Motor Lodge is kind of in between and, and brings those worlds together. Um, and, and that was, I knew from the beginning, I knew that that was the set that we were going to be spending the most time in this season. Um, so you can kind of see the, the mixing of the two color palettes and also, you know, architecturally you have kind of, you have that rotunda that's kind of anchoring the lobby in the middle. That's, that's the circle and you have, you know, you have a mix of the materials uh, in there as well. Um, and that was kind of how everything, that's how the world was organized. And then it was sort of looking at, you know, with each new location and set, um, you know, how, how much of the old world is it? How much of the new world is it? And how can we kind of mix the two together seamless, seamlessly um, in each in each one. Mm. Yeah, no, I mean, I think this is in the first three episodes and I'll cut it if it's not, <laughs> but I mean, I love what you guys did um, at the baseball stadium. And I just, I thought that was so, it was that lovely balance of like, okay, here's the old timey feel of like, of what I would imagine a 1950s baseball stadium to look like and then obviously you have those new gadgets that are sort of of the time and of or I guess of the time in in hello tomorrow's world so um I just I I think it's you guys struck that lovely balance of old world or present world versus um new world it it, it, it I I just think it's so seamless and flawless in that sense thank you Thank you so much. Yeah, we, you know, that the jet ball, which is what it, we, we had a lot of conversations about jet ball and, and what it is. And it was really important that it's kind of grounded in this, um, you know, baseball and Americana. And uh, it does sort of feel like a classic game in these ways, but then there's, the, there's these tweaks. Um, and and yeah, those gadgets were really fun too. You know, this sort of these like superfluous, the, the nacho pole um, right. and uh, what was it called? The popper, the, the kernel fresh. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, the kernel fresh, right. And you know, with the kernel fresh and a lot of our appliances and gadgets, uh, they sort of mirror the idea of the dome that is over the lunar residences on the moon. So we use a lot of dome, clear plexi dome shapes uh, mm. in these different gadgets to kind mm. of tie it together to that, to that world. Mm. And I mean, speaking of that, I mean, as much as you can, I mean, 
What does the moon look like to you? What does the moon look like to me? Well, you know, the, the designing the lunar residences um, was so fun. And I don't know if you noticed, but you know, when, when Jack is, when Jack is pitching um, for the first and second time, which you see in the, in the first episode, you, you see that there's a map of the lunar residence community. Um, and, you know, if you could see a close up of it, there's sort of, there's like a shopping center and all of these roads. And then there's different uh, types of res residences based on your needs and your price point, of course. Um, so there's A plex, B plex, C plex, and D plex. Uh, and it's all sort of, you know, there, it goes with that, the circular shapes. Um, and also I thought a lot about Palm Springs and the desert and what people were building in the fifties in kind of the heyday of, of Palm Springs um, and using the materials of the moon. So the houses are all built from moonstone, um, which, you know, to me sort of looks like limestone and it's so it's this nice white slightly porous material and everything is built out of that and then um you know there's these crescent shaped pools in that everybody has and people are you know riding around in in these sort of golf cart like um vehicles and yeah you know the the landscaping is all kind of sculptural um, and really graphic mm. as well. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited to see um, how it all ends up and to actually get sort of a first look at it. Um, mm -hmm. So, uh, but I mean, what was a surprising challenge to you? Oh, there were so many challenges, <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> surprising ones. Well, you know, Definitely, um, the gadgets were um, were a challenge for sure, especially because it was really important to the whole creative team that we do as much practically as possible. Um, so they really were, they were all built and a lot of them moved and they lit up and they did things. Um, and anytime you have that happen and you have to kind of, you know, make things in a really short period of time, there's, you know, things malfunction. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, so that was, that was, but it was, it was never, you know, it was always kind of, everybody took it with a grain of salt. It was like, we were pleasantly surprised with how much we, the props team and all of our vendors were able to accomplish in such a short period of time. Mm -hmm. And whenever something malfunctioned, everyone had a really good, you know, attitude about it. And, um, and we worked really closely with the VFX supervisor, Lata Forsman, and she um, she did a great job sort of embellishing things where we couldn't practically, and also just, you know, helping to fill out the world a, a little bit with those gadgets. Um, and then the other thing that I would say that was actually kind of a pleasant surprise was 
um, you know, making this in New York, because I think that, um, you know, people don't always go to, people don't usually go to New York for this kind of show. Um, no. And people are always scouting New York for New York, no. um, for the city, for, you know, much older architecture. Um, so it took us a while to kind of build our location database and, and kind of find these gems that still exist no. um, in the New York area. And I think it was it was cool to, you know, the neighborhood. Um, I really like how we ended up finding this very East Coast um, traditional suburban neighborhood mm. uh, because I think it really works with the story, and I think it really works um, in kind of contrast to the, to the lunar residences, to the mm -hmm. moon, to the other stuff, um, which I think, you know, I don't know, it would have been really tempting if we were somewhere else to me, you know, if we were on the West Coast to maybe go in a different direction. So, um, yeah. I, didn't, I had no clue that was in New York. So that's fascinating to, to hear and just to have that extra layer of um, a challenge, but, but obviously you guys have accomplished it really well. Um, Thank you. And I mean, what, what is it about this sort of resurgence in this, like the 50s and the 60s and this time period sort of in television and wanting to, to retell these types of stories, not the, the here and now and past versus future, but what do you think it is about that particular era that people love going back to? Hmm. I think that I think it depends on the person, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But but I think that there was it was this time where there was a lot of um, hope for the future, and I think there was a lot of um, new ideas and it was a it was a time of of great transition and prosperity um and so people were kind of taking risks with you know like with design um with architecture with you know people americans were really changing the way that they lived um and so i think that's fascinating um, but of course there's like the dark side of that, which our show definitely explores, which is this sort of, you know, the a big part of the American dream is this relentless capitalism and this need to consume and this need to always buy the next gadget or the next product thinking that it's going to make you happy or make your life better um, mm. when the truth is it doesn't really and um, you know this idea of like move that if you move to a new town or you buy a house on the moon and you have this new vacation spot that all of your troubles will just melt away 
And the truth is that they just, you know, follow you wherever you go. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if that answers that question. No, I think that's a beautiful yeah. answer. I mean, it's it's weird to me because the first two references that came into my head maybe around like halfway through episode two because obviously you're still trying to warm up to the world and like trying to figure out like is this real? Is this fake? Like what? Like where are we in sort of in time? And the two sort of reference materials that I got um, was the play Death of a Salesman and The Jetsons. And they mm-hmm. couldn't be any more like different, but I don't, I don't know why my brain go, went there and maybe it was the hour that I was probably watching this career, <laughs> but it was so interesting to sort of put that, those two sort of worlds together. And I don't know, I, I, I think it's a, in my brain, that's sort of like where my combo goes for right now. Um, but obviously that'll probably change as, as things go along. No, you're, you're right on. I mean, those were two of our references as mm. well. Mm. for sure for sure and it's it's you know it's kind of like it, the show really goes back and forth like between this you know it's it's really really fun and it can it can be really dark as well um yeah so that that's what I love about it is that there's this um there's a lightness and there's a whimsical quality especially to a lot of uh the design elements but then but then there's also, um, you know, a darkness. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then, I mean, final question for you, and it's a two-part one. What mm-hmm. do you take away from this particular project? And then what do you hope that audiences take away from watching Hello Tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Sort of thematically? Mm-hmm. Correct, yeah. You mean, mm-hmm. Um, well, I think we've sort of t- we have sort of touched on it a little yeah. bit. Um, you know, I think that it's really about um, identity and uh, family and relationships. Um, you know, community or the lack thereof, and uh, the way that technology can kind of remove us from people and experiences that are um, the really important things in life. Mm -hmm. Um, And how, you know, it's great to look to the future and have hopes and dreams, but uh, ultimately, you know, the most important thing is really being at peace with your present moment. Thank you all for listening. This episode was edited and produced by me, Jackson Vickery. Graphics were done by Dylan Michael, and the opening and closing theme were done by Sterling Gavinsky.